Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we speak with writers about writing. Uh, weirdly enough, we do talk about writing for the most part, craft, inspiration, um, how we find stories, how we find characters. And I am thrilled today to have my guest, Sydney Carger. How are you doing, Sydney? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm just thrilled that you had the time to come and chat with us today. Um, you're a debut, your debut novelist as of this book. Um, you yes. have extensive writing experience, but you are a debut novelist, and that is always very exciting because, like, I, my previous guest to you was also a debut novelist. I said sometimes I interview people that have with their fortieth book out, and sometimes it's the debut. And I think the debuts are just super exciting. I just think it's just a fun time in your career. Definitely, yeah. It's a, uh, it's I'm very newly debut because it came out last week ish, so it's uh, brand new, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that. I mean, I mean, nonstop partying. I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming you're still on a big high from it. It's one big celebration, dancing around. Uh, yeah, it's very fun, and and you know, it's a lot of. And I, I'm starting a second book, so it's sort of celebrating while writing, and it's a good, fun juggling balance. Yeah, it sounds that way. So Sydney, I'm just going to give you a brief intro. Um, is an award-winning screenwriter for film and television. He's a former writer-director with Comedy Central, MTV, and AMC, among other networks, and contributing writer for Saturday Night Live. So I feel like I know you already, because these are all my things. <laughs> I know. I feel like I've been in your life in some weird way already. Uh, yeah. Billy on the Street and McSweeties. Billy on the Street and McSweeties. Um, he currently lives in New York City with his partner and their Australian Labradoodle, Zelda, um, which also which also probably tells us a little bit about you. Um, much, and as we, yeah, and as we said, best men is his first novel. So tell us about best men, not best man, best men. Best men, plural. Yes. Um, so it's a romantic comedy and it's, uh, about a gay guy named Max Moody, who's about to turn 35 and he's, um, he's sort of like a hopeless romantic, but doesn't necessarily admit it to himself, but we see that through his thoughts. And um, so one day his best friend from childhood announces she's getting married and would like him to be the man of honor in her wedding party. And so he's kind of um, quietly spins out of control because he always thought he'd be the one to get married in the friendship first. And his friend was sort of serial dater and, you know, not the settling down type. And then he meets um, Chasen, who's the best man of the groom-to-be and Chasen is sort of this, another gay guy who, but he's very charming and impossibly handsome and the complete opposite of Max. Max is much more introverted, Midwestern. He has like, um, his music taste skews more classic or morose 90s bands like the Smiths and, uh, or 80s, I guess. And, and then while Chasen is very extroverted, he's East Coast, very sort of urbane and everybody loves him. You know, he's the life of the party, he walks into a room and everyone turns. So they kind of can't stand each other uh, at first. And then they learn to sort of tolerate each other for the sake of the wedding and the friendship and a romance sort of sparks and blooms from there. Absolutely. Well, that's a good summary. And it's but it, it's just so fun. So I loved um, everything about it. I just love the, the whole I love the whole book and I was really lucky oh, to get an early copy of it. So it's just really fun. And I am from the Midwest. I've never really lived there though. I'm from, but I have a big, large family from Indiana and I have three gay uncles. And I don't know if that's why I sort of well, connected with the with the book and the character. My mom is the oldest of seven and she has three brothers and three sisters and all of my uncles are gay. So I just grew up, you know, knowing that. And that was just like our life. 
and I would, you know, I'm 52, so I'm a, I'm a Gen X person. So in the, um, I would meet other like girl, little girlfriends of mine or something, and they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know any gay people." I'm like, well, "I'm pretty sure you do." <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, I, I, you know, just with confidence, I would say that it's like 10 years old. But yeah, so I think, I mean, I love stories like this, and I think it's important to have, you know, rom com stories with that, you know, show all types of relationships and and people. So I just really appreciate that you wrote this, and I, I just loved it. So that's my own personal opinion of this. <laughs> I love that. That's wild to have three gay uncles. That's sort of I mean, usually, usually it's like one or two, but like to th have three, that's unique. It is. it is, yeah. And they're and they're um, aging. They're like all different spectrums of the age, you know, from the, the younger side of the family to the one of the older, the eldest brother. So yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, different eras they grew up in, which is also was interesting, especially being from the Midwest, you know, back then too. So yeah, there's so many different levels of your book that I could relate to, and I just I, I just loved it. So oh, what is what? Oh well, you're welcome. Well, thank you. I, I thank you for writing it. I just loved it. Um, so what inspired this particular story? Did you have a, a real life inspiration or you just sat down and said, I'm just going to create this world and make this up? Or how, how did you get inspired to write this? There was a seed of a, an idea that I had when my my personal best friend um, from childhood, who we grew up in the Chicago suburbs um, together. And she, as an adult, asked me to be um, sort of the man of honor of her wedding party. And I said, yes. And I was very excited. And she, we were going along with it. She was excited too, but then her wedding planner kind of wasn't having it and wanted, he did, she didn't want to have like one man in the all female wedding party, which is super weird. I don't know if that would happen to, this was a few years ago. I'm not sure if it would happen today, but, um, and so I was demoted to an usher and I didn't even know what that, I still don't even know what that meant. Like I was handing out a couple programs as people walked in and I'm like, no one cares about a program. I'm going to sit down and enjoy the wedding. So it was sort of this idea that I had through the years. I was like, that's a good idea for a story. Like what if a character actually becomes the man of honor of his best friend's uh, wedding? Like who is that character? Who is the best friend? Could I create, you know, a whole scenario that I, didn't have or didn't get to experience. And it was sort of wish fulfillment on my part a little bit because I I didn't, it's not autobiographical and I didn't have that experience. Um, and then I, I'd always wanted, I love this sort of idea of like, like historically gay characters have been sort of relegated to the sidekick or the wacky neighbor or best friend. And, you know, over the past five to 10 years, we've seen that change a little bit, but I loved just this idea of having sort of the sidekick in a romantic comedy that you don't, you know, normally like Paige, the best friend, uh, would be the star of this book. And she would be the protagonist and you'd hear all about, you know, um, her wishes and hopes for the wedding. But her, so she has this gay best friend. So I wanted to sort of subvert that trope of the gay best friend who's not necessarily in the spotlight and make it over the course of story, the story sort of have it become about him. And then, you know, inadvertently he becomes the star of his own life. And so sort of like that gay best friend subverting the trope plus the wedding of becoming, you know, that I thought it was like the perfect device of having a gay guy become sort of like the star of, of the story. And so those two ideas kind of came together and that's um, where it sort of was born. 
Yeah, I, and I love that because I love how you sort of took, we, you know, we've seen all the movies, you know, especially like back in like the 90s, there were all those movies like weddings. And then, you know, like there was always like the best friend is going to make you feel better about yourself and look better. But you flip that on its head. And I just, I love that, that you shifted it for us to, for a different perspective. Yeah. And it, and it's not necessarily the Rupert Everett in My Best Friend's Wedding, where it's sort of like the shoulder to cry on or the one who starts you know, the musical in the middle of the movie, you know, it's like, yeah. he has a little more meat to him. And so, yeah, I, you know, it's just kind of going off those movies and I'm a huge rom-com movie lover. And so like, that's in my DNA. And I was always like, what if, you know, I could write it from my own perspective as a gay man living in New York and like, what would that story? So I kind of funneled, you know, my experiences through that fictional idea. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I feel, um, I felt that coming from you. And if, if that was what you intended, it came through to me for sure. So I love, okay. I love that part. And that, that leads into one of my questions for you. One of my official questions. I always ask like 15,000 questions. <laughs> or 15, questions. 15,000 compelling questions. <laughs> That's how we do it. Um, so speaking of perspective, you, you chose to write this in the first person from Max's perspective, which is like, as we were saying, is sort of flipped it around, which what you might normally read. What made you want to do, what made you want to structure the story in that way? Um, from Because it is limiting, it can be, or it can also be very freeing. So why did you choose to do first person from him? It's interesting because it almost wasn't a conscious decision. I come from a screenwriting feature background and a lot of, you know, unless you have a voiceover, a lot of screenplays are written with the voice of God, you know, the omniscient sort of like... Jason walked down the street and it's very cold and economical. And so when I started, I, you know, I'd written, I wrote the outline for best men. And then when I got into the writing of it, I just, my fingers were doing the talking and I like, I was, I was channeling Max and really inside of his head. And I was kind of halfway through it. And I was like, wait, can I actually do this? And I started to like, look back on other first person, you know, narrators and kind of was like, okay, good. People, people can do this and people like it. And, and then I didn't re sort of realize it's like, you know, within the romantic comedy romance genre, it's mostly first person. So I felt like organically on the right track. And, you know, again, compared to screenwriting where you, it's very limited. I was, I just felt completely liberated and it was like a totally different muscle because I was able to sort of explore his inner thoughts and it's just a bigger canvas to kind of paint your story without sounding pretentious about it but you really can kind of like get into his head and like <clears throat> sort of every little thought and just really kind of go deeper on character and story I feel like when you're inside that person's head so for me it was like it was just a blast like I most writing and writers I feel like it's a bit of a torture as you probably know like and even for me too but it was just since it was my debut I was kind of like it was the first time I really just sort of went for it and I had fun doing it so yeah yeah writing is is that sort of job where like you just really want to do it and then you you get then you get to be one and you're like why did I do why did I do this I could have just yeah. been an accountant I mean I could have just gone to work and like done my thing and gone home but no it's it, all joking aside it's it is a torture sort of career and you've experienced it in multi-different levels and genres um so you write so this is my this is another question um <clears throat> what was the was it different for you process wise so if you're going to sit down today and write a screenplay versus writing your novel think back to like did you do 
Do you outline in both situations? How different was the writing process for you for each thing that you have done? Well, I mean, similarly, they're both um, the same in the way I think about them because I, I tend to think of character first and character for me then evolves into story, I think from a lot of writers too. And, and um, or I'll have like, screenplay writing is sort of like, over the years have become high concept, you know, hooks and like, and I think, you know, novels can kind of be the same way because even if you're writing, you know, a very long um, 700 page book or something, they're still gonna want that one sentence elevator pitch. So like the starting out process is similar where it's like, what is the hook like that we've kind of seen before, but it's new and unique and um, readers can get behind it. But then sitting down, writing it, you know, I, I'm not an outliner. I don't like outlining. I'm, <clears throat> and I, I'm sort of a fake outliner because I, <clears throat> when you have to work, you know, professionally with other people, you have to give them an outline. So I'm like, okay, here's the outline, and yeah, this is totally going to happen, and everything's, you know, exactly as it's going to happen. Then when I sit down to write it, I'm like, that they're never going to like. I'm just going off that outline, and I'm not going to, you know, I try to keep the sort of big kind of goalposts intact and the foundation of it, but I really go off my outline script and most people are okay with that. Um, so, but for this, it just was really, again, just very like liberating is the word that I kept. I just had, I felt like I was on a roller coaster of like words, you know, I can like describe uh, a couch for two paragraphs and <laughs> like, not that I did that, but it just had that feeling of like more space and less sort of confined than a, than a screenplay. Um, but yeah. Then I, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, when I was done with it, I immediately wanted to go back to writing a screenplay and did because it felt almost like a sorbet where it's like, now I'll write a 100 page, you know, easy, uh, short, not really um, piece of work. And then when I finished the screenplay, I kind of wanted to go back to the novel. So it's it's actually become a really fun sort of back and forth juggling thing that I, I actually enjoy. I think that's really good. And um, we've talked about that on previous episodes because I write uh, long and then short fiction in between. And I think it's like a cross training exercise or like, like you said, a palate cleanser. It's awesome to just be like, okay, I'm gonna do this totally different thing. And it like sort of resets your brain and then you can go back, you're refreshed, I think yeah. after. Yeah. yeah, and I'm also writing TV. So when I can write like a 30 page script, I'm like, this is a writing a poem. Not, not really, but, <laughs> um, but it's fun. It is fun to have just those sort of three, you know, very different mediums. That's awesome. So you're recurrent. You're, oh, that was one of my, I was wondering if you were going to continue writing for screen, you know, in between that's a lot of writing, but it seems like you're relishing in that. Are you excited to be doing TV screenplays and novels that all seems you're going to be able to juggle all this. What does career look like for the next few years for you? I'm hoping that I can juggle all of them. I mean, I, I started the novel really focused on a couple screenplay projects I was writing for producers and stuff. And like <clears throat> the novel, the pandemic hit and I kind of hit my stride on the novel, but um, you know, once I finished it again, I had, I was due, you know, I was owing scripts to, various producers and then I had an idea that I came up with in the middle of writing the novel on spec that I wanted to finish um and and it's kind of 
nice because with the novel, well, both sort of have hard deadlines, but the novel even more so because you're on, it was like a two book deal. So I'm in the middle of the next one and there's sort of like a hard deadline. So I can kind of be like, okay, by this time I'm going to finish that. And then I'm going to go back on to the screenwriting. Of course, now we're in the middle of a writer's strike. So it's not, you know, necessarily as impending as it was before. Um, but I do hope I can do both. Well, it's good you have multiple options because there's, you know, they're talking about the strike being, you know, and I, I do hope they get compensated the way they should be. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I'm, you know, it's it's a tough time, I, you know, obviously for writers. So it's good that you have other avenues, you know, because I do have friends that are just sort of picketing right now. So, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's hopefully it becomes to a happy ending for, for everyone. Not, you know, not a happy ending. Sorry, that was the way to put it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I picketed last week and I ran into um, an actor friend of mine and we, we picketed and then it was, he was like, okay, I have to go and be because he's uh acting in a, in a play on broadway and he's like i'm gonna go i have my matinee now and i'm like i've got to go do this promotion for my book so it kind of felt nice that we both had these sort of side gigs and i'm also learning you know a lot of authors do have either full-time jobs as lawyers or whatever you know so it's i kind of consider the screenwriting sort of my other gig yeah yeah you got you got a lot of options you have things going on so that's great um so a next official question um, we're getting, we're getting, I think this is number four. Well, you're very funny. Obviously you have a track record. Um, you're a funny guy, although you seem more serious just talking to you, but I think writing comedy is, is hard. I think it's really a tough, a tough thing that you've set yourself up for as a career to be, to be funny all the time. Um, but your book also touches on very serious themes, you know, deep friendships and Max has a lot of insecurities about, you know, how he presents to the world and different things like that. So it's not like, all, it's not fluff. I mean, it's very, you, you do hit on some very kind of serious themes. So my real question for you is, do you think you'd ever write something that wasn't like a comedy? Do, do you think, you, do you do you have the urge to write like, I don't know, a World War II tearjerker or something? Like, <laughs> do you ever see yourself not writing comedy? Yeah, I mean, during my Comedy Central tenure, I think like, you know, Comedy Central, I was obsessed with the channel and it was sort of my default when I was flipping through the channels I'm like what stand-up comic is on right now and I'll watch that but when I was working there <clears throat> I think like a lot of people immediately I stopped watching comedy <laughs> and because it was like I was trying to write it all the time so that when I came home I just wanted like Breaking Bad or you know Mad Men or something and I when I kind of hit my stride on sort of like trying to find my voice as a writer too, I found that I'm a little more dramedy maybe too. And so not straight up like um, Larry David, uh, you know, not, not that I'm anywhere near that, but like just the sort of, I love like the dramatic moments and I love finding the humor in the dramatic moments and I love finding the drama in the funny moments. So I kind of hit that, I try to hit that line of like, funny, sad. Um, and I was kind of trying to do that with the book a little bit too, where it's sort of like, you can laugh. And on, on the second one, it's sort of, I'm, I'm trying to do that too, where you can kind of laugh and you can cry. And um, I feel like the most gratifying um, movies and books for me always have a little, you know, even if it's a World War II drama, if there could be like a little bit of humor somewhere in it, I really love that and respect that because you want to have the full emotions while you're experiencing 
you know, whatever you're reading or watching. And, um, and by the end of it, if you can like have the 17,000 emotions, it's like, that's the perfect, you know, that's what everybody loves, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, that's, I love that answer. That's great. Um, so the last question I would, um, you're obviously doing great. You have a debut novel out, you have a track record, you've, you're winning awards, you're doing great things. We're very, I'm just, I'm just excited to be able to talk to you. What advice would you give to an up and coming writer if they wanted to perhaps follow in a similar career path? What, what advice would you give to them? Uh, I would say like, just sit down and, and do it. I think a lot of times um, when people ask for advice, they're sort of asking for permission uh, secretly and you don't need permission. And I certainly did that where I was, you know, going to seminars and like taking notes of, you know, how to write comedy or whatever it was and, you know, film writing. And it's like, you can distract yourself forever. And what you really need to do is just sit down and type or longhand with your quill or whatever it is. And really it's it's also about reading every, anything you can get your hands on. And early before Comedy Central, I was also um, a script reader for different film companies and studios. And so I had like printouts of, in my closet, I had like 200 printouts of scripts and I was constantly reading those and like seeing what worked and being amazed that so many people got behind things that didn't quite work and feeling inspired that, you know, there are things out there that are, you know, maybe you could put your own spin on or do better or whatever it is. So I think like reading every book, you know, just being like a culture vulture of like seeing all the movies, watching all the TV shows, going to theater if you can, um, you know, reading, reading episodes of TV, just anything you can kind of digest I feel like is the best sort of way to go about it and then once you once you kind of get something down on paper then give it to you know I had I, like when I my first screenplay that kind of got a little bit of attention I had like my list of seven to ten people who were related or not related to the industry and it was sort of you know give it to whoever will listen and whoever will read and be kind enough to give you notes and then take the notes or not and then just get back down and, you know, just start who, I think it was like Annie Moore or somebody who said like, um, get your butt in the chair. And I think that's like, for me, it, I, it's always like turning on a faucet. It's like, just turn the faucet on and start writing. Even if it's bad, you know, get it out there and then go back and rewrite it. Yeah. You can always fix it later. I mean, you know, you yeah. decided to get, but you can't fix nothing. You know, you can, you know, it's either going to be a crappy thing that you fix or zero things if you don't even start. But that's really, really great advice. And um, did you just coin culture vulture on my show? Is that a new, is that, did you make that up? I don't is think. That a thing? I don't, I hope I didn't. <laughs> well, let's say I did. I, yeah. We're just going to say you did. First time I ever heard on the show. Um, that's great. It's great. Um, it's uh, so fun to talk to you and very inspiring to listen to you. Um, so tell us what's going on. Where are you going on tour? Are you going out? Uh, where can we find you? We want to. Everyone needs to run out and buy Best Men first, and then where can we find you to get our book signed or 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 stalk you online or whatever we're going to do? Yeah, Best Men is out in the world. It's I in in the middle of I guess a, a book tour. I just was in la and did like a conversation with uh an author team and then i was in chicago and did a, an event and a book signing and in june on june 5th i'm doing uh a talk with anderson cooper at the strand bookstore in new york city uh 
June 5th, and you can get, I just signed a bunch of copies at the Strand. You can get them there. And then in August, I'm doing an event in Fire Island with two other authors who have Fire Island-based novels, which is fun. Um, and then I'm on Instagram and at SidKNY, Twitter at Sid Carger, and my website is SidCarger.com. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, yes, Anderson Cooper has something very nice to say about your book, too. He was uh, he gave you a nice blurb. So yeah. are you guys, did you guys know each other before the publishing process, or did he discover your book and just loved it? I did know him, and I put out the ask, and he was kind enough to say yes. So, yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. Well, I, I'm close to New York. I'm not quite there, but if I used to live in the city, I would have, I would have been at that event. Maybe I can still make it. Oh, anyway, yeah. everyone, need, everyone needs to come. That's That sounds so fun. That's just going to be a, a, a great time. Yeah. Well, congratulations congratulations on the book oh Thank and you're you said you're are you writing are you writing the next book are we writing two books it's not the same book but what do you do what's the are we looking for another book coming from you soon or yeah it's a different story it's a different book um it's another rom-com uh i'm finished a draft and i literally just got uh my first round of edits from the editor a couple nights ago so i'm gonna right after this dive headfirst back into that and that'll come out in a year from now i hope all right. Well, if you want to install, we could just keep talking. If you don't want to get to the writing desk yet, if you're, you know, just going to start drinking and talk, you know, <laughs> we could just keep talking. Please. Let's just <laughs> keep it going for another three hours. Yeah. Then like, oh, I just couldn't do it today. I was just so no. busy with uh, with media. So. It was enough. <laughs> well, so, I didn't think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, Bestman is awesome. Everyone should read it. And I look forward to every other thing you do from now on. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Super fun. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Thanks.